Today, you are listening to Think Again Christian, where pop culture and Christian traditions collide with biblical truth. Sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, pastor of Ravensdale Bible Church and superintendent of Rainier Christian Schools, Tony Jamie. Rethinking and re-examining concepts, ideas, traditions, and challenging your beliefs from American pop culture and your Christian denominational circles. How? By the renewing of your mind through God's Word and a little radio conversation. Everybody's heard of Doubting Thomas, but shouldn't it really be the Doubting Disciples? I mean, how many of you have had doubts after you've professed and converted to Christianity? Many things shake our belief or, or rattle our cages. And, and what does it mean to, to believe? Do, do we have to believe in everything in the Bible or, or just the parts that we like or that make sense to us? By the way, the answer to that is yes. We believe every jot and tittle in God's Word. It's not written by man. It's, it's written by God. And Unfortunately, so many times we, we approach God word, God's Word as though it's like a buffet line. Remember, the buffet line isn't about what you get to put on your plate. It's actually more about what you refuse to put on your plate. You, you get to, to leave out and omit the things that you don't like. Well, we don't get to do that with Scripture. Be very careful how you, how you approach God's Word. Last week, I was reading 1 Kings 18, where, where the prophet Elijah took on 450 false prophets, the false prophets of Baal. It was the battle between the false god of Baal and, and, and the Israel god, Yahweh. And in glorious fashion, Elijah had this amazing faith, and he believed that, that his god was the real true god so much that he drenched his offering on the altar three times in order to prove that his God was true. And after the, the prophets of Baal had, had failed in, 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 you know, in, in, in calling upon their God to, to light the fire miraculously by, by the heavens, um, the, the, the prophets of Baal were, were doing everything they could. They were you know, dancing around, chanting, yelling, and, and meanwhile, you know, Elijah's sitting there, you know, mocking them, mocking their, their imaginary God. Well, Elijah's belief proved true as, as God's fire came and, and licked up the, the whole offering, water and all. Now, is this the kind of belief that, that we're, we're called to display on a, on a daily basis? Well, no, we Remember, God actually went to, to Elijah, and unless God comes to you, I would be careful how you challenge or, or take on different, you know, things. I mean, we see things on the internet all the time now, and, um, you know, you just got to be careful with that. But, but most of us are, are, are not called to do this, and most of us will never be called by God to display our faith in, in this kind of fashion. Most of us will will be called to show our faith or our belief in, in small, faithful, obedient ways. Recently, my, my son, who, who's a high school pitcher, developed a, 
a really painful injury in his pitching arm called bicep tendonitis, and and he was given some instructions to to follow his you know his, his rehab, two weeks of no throwing, massage therapy, you know, ten minutes uh, you know of of ice, ten minutes of hot, twenty minutes of ice. Uh, some dumbbell exercises, and then lots of anti-inflammatories. Now, the problem was he he tried this for, you know, two days, and since all things were not solved, he just, you know, didn't believe it was working or was going to work. And so, you know, in his 17-year-old mind, there's no reason to, to do this. He he doubted. He he doubted the, the process. He doubted the, the remedy. He doubted the solution. You know, he he's ready for a shortcut. You know, maybe you just take more inflammatories and, and, and cover the pain. Maybe you, you take cortisone shots. You know, so the, the problem was his, his impatience in the process. He didn't believe that the rehab would work, so he wanted to stop. He, he wanted to take a shortcut. Now, fortunately, his, his physical trainer, you know, the, a CrossFit type of guy by the name of Aaron White, that he... He, he was very familiar with this injury, and, and, and he uh, was very gracious and kind to, to work with my son and, say, and, and to show us uh, a, a different way to rehab. And, and ironically, my, my son's confidence and trust in him through the weight training uh, translated into this, this rehab from, from the injury. And so his, his belief has led him to, to obedience. He didn't doubt Aaron. And the simple definition then of doubt is to be uncertain, to, to have no confidence. And it's just a, a simple disbelief that something may or may not be true. Well, when I think of, of biblical belief, uh, I'm drawn towards two passages. The first one is, is found in Romans 10, 9 that, that states, you know, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. Well, that sounds fantastic. If I, so if I just say that, does that mean I'm saved? Uh, what, what if I say it 10 times? What if I say it 10 times really fast? What if I memorize it? Is that what the, the meaning of that passage is, to just make a statement? Well, no, it's, it's to actually genuinely believe. Our religion is based on... on on faith, not really the facts or, or, or debates. We, we, we have eyewitnesses, we have testimony, we have facts, but, but our, our religion is not based on that. There's certainly plenty of, of non-facts and, and, and things that we have to completely rely on the basis of faith. But we must believe. So again, what does it mean then to believe? P- people believe know and believe Jesus lived. They, they believed he died on the cross. They believed that the Christian story is, is about Jesus saving people from their sins. But do they believe? Are, are they believers in, in Christ Jesus in, in, a, in a salvation kind of a way? Well, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, we see a, a great definition of faith and, and two concepts that, that I want to look at when we think about doubting and the first one is faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So, so when we truly have faith, 
Now, now follow me. When we really have faith, we, we're sure of it. We're, we're assured. We're, we're, we're certain. And, and we have strong convictions in our beliefs that extend to the unseen. So, so we haven't seen God. We haven't seen heaven. We didn't, we didn't witness the, the cross, but we believe. So non-belief then produces a different response, non-action or no action. And belief then produces action. We, we, we trust, we obey, we, we follow, we do. We, we have different actions, different, a different response. So in this Hebrews 11 idea, we, we see that faith is this, this assurance of things hoped for with a conviction of the things that, that we don't even see. So it should come at no surprise that, that if we do allow doubt to creep in, that it's going to create uh, apprehensions. It's, it's going to cause confusion, distrust, fear, even, even hesitation or reluctance. Uh, many, many have have taken doubt and, and 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 taken the next steps into skepticism, which definitely then creates this this uncertainty in faith. Well, on the other hand, a, a genuine belief, a genuine faith, bolsters. Um, it, it gives us it gives us greater confidence. It, it gives us. A, a, a passionate conviction and a and a and an amazing trust, and, and, and so we 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 don't doubt. We we actually have no doubts. Now now think of it again this way: that, that this again is it's not a fact driven process. The Jews saw the Red Sea part; they saw the ten plagues, and yet they doubted that God was going to save them from the charging Egyptian army. So the facts didn't, didn't really solve the doubt problem. The Pharisees saw Jesus heal people. The Pharisees heard Jesus' amazing teaching. They, they were eyewitnesses of, of his miraculous power. And yet, they doubted him. Consider what Judas witnessed. Consider all the things that, that Judas saw firsthand with, with his own eyes. And, and so the facts didn't determine whether or not these people doubted or believed or had genuine faith. And, and so I, I, I want to I be careful here, though, as we're talking about this idea of, of, of doubt and uncertainty it's still an issue of faith. It's an issue of faith. There are things that can strengthen that faith. Definitely. There's, there's facts and uh, experiences. This is one of the great reasons why, why testimonies are, are, are such a powerful thing, because you're going to listen to somebody else's story, how, how, how the Lord transformed their lives in a unique and individual way. And this is to give you confidence, to, to match then what God's Word says with a real-life story, to, to match what, 
what you hope for, what you desire, what you want, and, and to then be able to align them with somebody else's experience. You know what? I can identify with that person. One, one of my, my favorite things while attending Grace Community Church in, in California, John MacArthur's the, the pastor there, was the Sunday night service. The Sunday night service every Sunday night was a baptismal service. And usually there were at least six testimonies, six people standing before a couple thousand others giving testimony, not of their great acts, but God's great acts. And more than anything that I've done, walking away from these stories would renew and energize and bolster my faith. To where once again I would say, I, I, I can't doubt this. Look, six more testimonies, six more examples. And so when we come back, we'll take a, a closer look at, at doubt and, and the doubting disciples. Since their small beginnings in 1963, the ministry of Rainier Christian Schools has been dedicated to educating and developing each of their students for the glory of God. And it's more than just a school. Rainier Christian Schools is actually an entire school district, with three schools serving the areas of Kent, Auburn, Covington, Renton, and Maple Valley. The Christ-centered environment weaves God's truth through everything they do, from top-notch academics all the way through their competitive sports programs. Learn more at RainierCSD.org or call 425-255-7273. That's 425-255-7273. Contact Rainier Christian Schools today. Welcome back. You're listening to Think Again Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, Tony Jamie. Today we're talking about the doubting disciples. And while most of us are very familiar with the account of doubting Thomas, especially if if you've just been through you know, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, and, and maybe the, the pastor actually really made a, a focus of Thomas. And by the way, what, what a bummer. What, what a bummer that, you know, that, that, that Thomas was, was, was given the label, right? Doubting Thomas. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of nicknames that go around and, and playing a lot of sports like I did and you know, growing up in the, in the, in the hood, um, we had tons of nicknames and I had tons of nicknames and, and it is a shame, you know, some of the nicknames that stick, right. And, and a lot of times these nicknames are, are mean. Um, and then they're not really uplifting. They, they kind of point out uh, bad things about you that, you know, reminds people to laugh at you. And, you know, and unfortunately that this is kind of true in the case of, of Thomas and that, I don't think I ever think of Thomas without thinking first doubting Thomas. But as I looked at this passage and, you know, particularly in Mark 16, um, and I, and I noticed that, wait a minute, there's a lot more doubting going on outside of Thomas than, um, than I first thought, especially with the disciples. And, and in John 20, we see that, that Thomas, we, we see the, the, the detailed account of Thomas and, 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 and almost defiantly demands to see the evidence of, of Jesus' scars. And this is why we call him Doubting Thomas, because of the John 20 account. And, and he says, unless I see his hands and, and put my finger into the place where the nails were 
you know, I won't believe. And so, yes, Thomas definitely had his doubts, no doubt about it. Well, you could also understand why. I mean, you know, Jesus had, had just died. He, he, he died on the cross before his eyes and, and was buried and, and all their hopes were, were dashed. And, and you could imagine being Thomas. Okay, put yourself in his shoes. They just killed Jesus. I'm next. I'm, I'm one of his crew. And so there's great fear of, of persecution and not only getting spit on and, and slapped and beaten and whipped, because all these things happen to Jesus, but also death. And so maybe, you know, Thomas was just scared. But there was also now disbelief in this shock and horror that, that Jesus had actually taken his last breath. And so at this point, Thomas had his doubts. But what about the others? What, what about his buddies? What about the, the apostles of Jesus? Jesus's intimate group. And in Mark 16, we were given a detailed account of the doubting disciples. Immediately following Christ's death, they retreated from the public view. They were all afraid. They were all scared. The cross didn't empower them. It, it, it caused them to flee. We talk about the cross now as this great and amazing thing that we look to, that we bow down, we worship, we exalt, and what an amazing event. Be the disciples. They were scared out of their minds. They, they were running from, from the cross. And just days, just days earlier, after the triumphal entry and after Jesus had sat down and told them, guys, this is what's going to happen. Not only with the Gentiles, the Romans, but also with the Jews, the Pharisees. This is what's going to happen. They're going to mock me. They're going to beat me. They're going to kill me. I mean, that's quite a prediction. That's quite a prediction. And by the way, I'm going to die, and on the third day, I'm going to raise again. Now, as a pastor, I'm constantly going back and forth with this concept of it's my obligation to preach God's Word, to bring it forward straight as I possibly can with as little Tony as possible and with as much of the Word, and then to try to bring illumination or understanding and application at times. But could you imagine as, as, a, as a teacher that you're going to say, listen, class, this is what's going to happen. Write this down so that you know, so that you're prepared, so that you're ready. And they all fail. And you would think this would be a fairly easy pop quiz to pass. Hey, wait a minute. Guys, didn't, didn't Jesus just say this was going to happen? He was going to get beaten? Didn't he say that the Romans were going to turn against him? Didn't he say that the Pharisees would turn against him? Didn't he say he was going to die? And at that point, somebody would stand up and say, you know what? He also said a couple times that he was going to die and raise again on the third day. Hey, what day is it today? I mean, it's, you know, we're not talking about like 10 years later. We're talking about a a week. Where was their hope? Where was their faith? They all doubted. It was, it was the women who, who 
follow Jesus back to the tomb. They went and they visited in Mark 16 and 11. They, they report back to the disciples. Hey, Jesus has risen. He's risen. And you know what the disciples, the apostles' response was? They refused to believe. In, in Matthew, they, they, they said, this, this is nonsense. I mean, there, there's not even a, a, a shred of hope in their hearts at this point. Well, in, in Mark 16, verse 12, we, we see then that Jesus now appears in a new form to, to two other disciples. But they don't believe. They don't believe either. So then in verse 14, Jesus appears before the, the disciples in, 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 in the room. And, and what does he do? He rebukes them. Why? For their unbelief. So if you were in doubt of if the disciples believed or not, there is no doubt. Uh, Mark tells us that Jesus comes back. And, and by the way, could you imagine? Jesus is risen from the grave. You see him. He comes to the doors. And you're getting ready to jump up and down, give high fives, run and hug him, and he rebukes you. Ouch. Well, rightfully so. They missed it. They totally missed it. Now, understand this. How important is belief or or unbelief? How important is this issue of doubt? Well, in Mark 16, 16, it says, disbelief causes condemnation. Remember, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ, if you're a true believer, then you're not condemned for your sin. What he's saying here is disbelief causes condemnation. And my concern is that anybody, anybody can have doubt. I mean, this is the best of the best, right? This is Jesus' disciples. But you have to come around. You have to come around. The, the disciples couldn't just rest on their, their three-year journey with Jesus and say, hey, I'm going to call it a life. We, I had a good run. You know, I have my doubts, and now I'm going to go do whatever I want. No. They had to, to change. They had to, to repent. I'm encouraged by, by Thomas and the disciples, actually. If these great men can have doubts and, and make mistakes, then, then there's hope for all of us. But we can't stay on the fence. Once it clicked with Peter, once it clicked with Peter, and there was no doubt, you know what his response was? He ran to the tomb. He didn't walk. He didn't jog. He ran to the tomb. Once it clicked with Thomas, you know what his response was? My Lord, my God. What a proclamation. One of the most definitive proclamations of Jesus Christ's divinity in the entire Bible comes from doubting Thomas. I want you to remember that. At Rainier Christian Schools, we, we see the, the practical application of doubt. When, when students doubt, they, they struggle. They're lost and aimless, and, 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 and then they act out. It, it starts with simple things like doubting their parental instruction to to even, you know, brush their teeth or have hygiene and good health. They, they doubt their parents' advice on friendships and, and getting good grades and relationships. They doubt their teachers and the, the wisdom and the instructions. And, and when they doubt, they don't listen. I see the power of doubt on the athletic field. When players doubt their coaches, they, they, they 
don't don't make adjustments and they take shortcuts. It's very important to eliminate doubt. One of the things I cherish about the scriptures is the honesty. It would have been so easy to report the disciples as the champions of faith and, and, and just perfect, but we see their sinful failures. The disciples doubted, and so they went away. The mission was over. It failed. But when their eyes were opened and they doubted no more, the rest of their lives was spent as missionaries for Christ. Their doubt turned into the most powerful, dynamic faith the world has ever seen. They lived with a passion, and they died with conviction for their faith. No more doubts. No more doubts. Where are you today? Are you on the fence? Do you have doubt? Well, like Peter, it's time to run, run to the cross. Like Thomas, it's time to follow, oh Lord, my God. So before you, before you're too hard on yourself for having doubts, remember the doubting disciples. Or before you become complacent and just shrug it off and say, well, everybody has doubts. Remember, the doubting disciples repented and never more lived a half-hearted life for Christ. Think again, Christian. You've been listening to Think Again, Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools and Tony Jamie. Rainier Christian Schools serves preschool through high school with three locations in the Renton, Maple Valley, Covington, Kent, and Auburn areas. For more information about Rainier Christian Schools, www.rainiercsd.org or call 425-255-7273.